Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 54. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky, playing with one of the chimes I see. Hello, hello there. <laughs> hello. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I forgot to grab a beer before we started. Oh, thank you. There we go. Excellent. I now have a Vosteiner Oktoberfest, which I found at a really crappy liquor store on the way down here. Yeah, I really, wanted, I really wanted to try that. Hey, Corey. Could oh, you move here? Hey. All right. Thank you, Corey. Our sound anyway. designer is uh, <clears throat> doing what we pay him to do. Yep, which is um, doing something with photo capture. It's interesting. I don't exactly know what's going on there. Oh, he got locked out of his Pornhub account. Oh, no. Yeah, Are you sorry. trying to confirm that you're a human? No, no, no. Corey, give me a Warsteiner. Valsteiner? I think they're in the bottom drawer. Oh, it's going really well over there. <laughs> Anyhow, all right, so we have... Welcome back. Um, I want to start with just horrible news right off the bat because we don't have a guest to uh, bombard them with questions, but BMW has finally done it. They've announced their X7, their gigantic three-row crossover. Of course they did. They've been hinting at this thing for more than 10 years, and now they're finally doing it. And uh, is it, it was never going to be good, but... Can we, can we get a picture of yeah, how awful it is? I, I'll pull up a photo. Um it's probably the worst thing I've ever seen. The the kidney grills. If this is the new corporate style they're going to go with. Oh, that is bad. That looks, yeah. like, a, that looks so, like a Geely version of a BMW. One third of the entire frontal area is now a kidney grill. It's truly goppingly awful. It, it, it looks like a BMW is kidney cancer. Yeah. Like yeah. kidneys are all when they swell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just like they need to be removed. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what they were thinking here. And like I said, if this is the new corporate style, we, we saw kidney grills like this actually on like an M1 homage that they did with like Zagato last year at a show. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell did you do with those kidney grills? And apparently somebody loved them. So they put them and they stapled them on this vehicle, which I'm fine with, I guess, because like I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be in the market for one of these. Never gonna no, buy one. No, but I mean, well, the thing is, I guess, I mean, with that car, yeah. they are just marketing to the people that will buy that car, which yeah. should be you know the douchey bro that wants to say BMW. Yep. And nothing says BMW like kidneys that are full of um, untreated urea. Let's take the one design element that we still have from our past and totally uh, Indiana Jones it. No, it, it looks like... Um, Did you say just treat it for urea? No, no, no. It's just full of untreated urea. Just, just oh, yeah. okay. Ugh. It was like... Is, that, it, is it, it the diesel exhaust fluid? Uh, no, but that's what makes piss smell like piss. Oh. Um, it, that, uh, it, it reminds me of a Sangyang. <laughs> Which Sangyang? Uh, I'm looking it up. I think okay. uh, somewhere between the... Sangyang Rexton and the Sangyang Travoli. Okay, it, I, I would have to look up both of those. They're not good-looking vehicles. They're they're Korean or Chinese or something, and they're are they not... made out of Chineseium? Oh no, the Live One. That's what I was thinking of. How do you spell it? L I V dash one S S A N G Y O N G. And what L was the what was the model? L I V dash one. That's oh. a, it reminds me of that. This looks way better. Yeah, but that's also like a significantly worse, like just 
awful. If somebody just took this X7 vehicle. and badge engineered it, it would be a lot better. Yeah, no. If they just put like a different corporate nose on it, I mean that that could be a Q7. Just I say that'd be a really that'd be a really nice Audi, or it'd be like a really awesome Geely. Or like or, now that uh, Toyota and BMW are kind of in bed together with the Supra and the Z4, what if this was the new Sequoia with a Toyota front end on it? Uh, yeah, it was, that would be a lot that, better. That would be a fantastic Sequoia, especially if they put a Toyota engine in it, <laughs> like the <laughs> 5.7 V8, which we all seem to like. Yeah, well, I'm th- actually kind of curious why Toyota hasn't. Um, they haven't done anything really with turbocharging except for that uh, Lexus 200T engine. They, um, yeah, Toyota's, you know, I'm not sure, but I would imagine the most likely reason for that mm-hmm. is that Akado Toyota is like a really old school car enthusiast kind of guy where mm-hmm. he believes in high revving engines and tries to do the best he can with... Well, I mean, their engines are really good. I'm just surprised that they're able to yeah. do it with carbon standpoint these days. I, I think that's the thing, is they're just very limited by that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that that BMW would be fantastic if it was made by, like, Dongfang Motor Corporation or, like, It, it looks like a knockoff. It really does. Yeah, like, for sure. It, it honestly, it looks like something made by Great Wall Motors or Brilliance or BYD. It's <laughs> yeah. like one of those weird It's Chinese a Guangxi car- chump cheap? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it, oh, God, look at the front on view. <clears throat> that doesn't, really doesn't look that good. And you know what that's going to do? It's like hotcakes. Because everybody that has that car. Oh. I'll trade you beers since you also don't have an opener. No, I do. Oh. Sorry. I, I, I stole sorry. your thunder then. <laughs> Congratulations on now having a beer. That's a really good beer. Thank you for the opener, Corey. But uh, no, they're. I just. I don't know. This is not good. But I guess you know the person that's going to buy it's going to be a complete douchebag and yeah. might as well go full into that market. I Maple mean, Grove is going to be thick with these things. Oh, you mean Excelsior? All of them. Yeah. Anything every, suburbia, exurbia. It, like the upscale suburban. Like like every kidney down a high school is going like, to be jonesing after this exactly. truck. Exactly. Yes. So. <sighs> Yeah. I just it makes me so sad. BMW used to be such a good company, but like now we have to focus on other car manufacturers that are still doing good things instead of them. Yeah, no, it's it, you know it's, that's the thing is you, that's the biggest issue I have with this is mm-hmm. they've historically been like the, they've been historically the kind of that that's the standpoint of like what a driver's car should be as a BMW, mm-hmm. and they were the benchmark. Yeah, and they're really putting that down. They're not yes. being the benchmark anymore because mm. it used to be if you wanted to make a like a sports sedan or like a mid-sized one, I guess mm-hmm. you'd base it off of the M3 or the 3 yep. Series. They're over the performance yardsticks, and they still yeah. kind of are in those mm, few areas, yeah, but, but like it, nothing else. Like a 3 yeah. Series isn't a good benchmark anymore. No, it's not. Well, that's that's the issue. Is the 3 Series historically has been the benchmark? So well, the M3 what, has been. What what is what? No, I mean for norm, the normal version. Oh, okay. What is that benchmark now? That's a good question. So, are you specifically talking like the three series esque segment? Well, I think we should just like all the things that BMW used to be a men- benchmark for. Those are all reasonable things to ask because I mean, they BMWs, be, they're in five years they're going to be just another car company. It does not matter at all. Yeah, nobody's going to care about them. At least in the enthusiast realm. No, I mean, it, it, the thing is, is that what they're going to be doing is yeah, they're just pandering to people for sales and yeah. well i mean that's that's how they have to kind of do it though. yeah no I mean, you have to but at the same time pushing the volume stuff but in the, at the same time mercedes does that but the s-class is still the benchmark for a full-size luxury car yeah bmw isn't that anymore no i i mean they're still the benchmark in like the m division but that's it yeah so they i don't mean, have anything else that stands I, out. I i think you know within 
10 years that all the M division stuff, it's to be just kind of just a name stick, like stapled on, like, you know, that. Yeah. Well, like, they're already doing that. I, I guarantee this X seven's got an M sport version. It's probably got like 20 M badges on it. Yeah. Eric, the, uh, Lexus with the F, F sport, sport, whatever. And Audi with the S line. Yeah, exactly. And then just, Mercedes with AMG sport. Yeah. I mean, it's all so diluted now. It really is. And that that's kind of the issue. I mean, the thing is when you have to have a secondary, yeah. Uh, name for your performance cars. It's like Toyota, Toyota. They've got TRD, right? But then they also have GRMN. And so, yeah, the TRD is like usually the... It used to be that that was a performance version, but now that's the appearance package. And GRMN right. is the <clears throat> actual performance. I feel like BMW, if they're going to want to be still relevant to enthusiasts, they're going to have to do that. I think so, too. Uh, and I'll be curious to see where they go. I, I kind of hope they start really pushing more on the i division yeah i think i, I think it's probably what they're doing i mean other than the m cars that still offer manuals i mean that's the only what the what am i hearing Jana's oh. just Sorry. getting really angry <laughs> playing battle black theater I, um i guess i'll turn off her mic for now <laughs> um but yeah the like the i division aside from the manual m cars is the only part of the company i'm even paying attention to anymore yeah because i mean the product there is really good and they're continually improving it I mean, they've already updated the battery on the i3 once, and they're going to do it again next year. That's going to be almost double what the original one was. Yeah. Um, the i8, which I actually like a lot, mm-hmm. other than the fact that it's a plug-in hybrid that kind of bothers me, but it's fast, it's light, it's got EV stuff. They're doubling the battery on that next That's year. That's fantastic. So it's actually going to have a usable EV range, which is kind of cool. That's going to be really awesome. And I... they've got you know a lot of plug-in models. They've actually, they used to sell a full electric one series. No way. For a couple of years. That sounds... I would buy that. It's pretty cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> They're really hard to find. I um, think if the, if they... Yeah, if they double down on their iDivision, I think that would help And I, th- and I think they will. Because I, I feel like... Well, what BMW has for them is they have the engineering capability to make it a very good car. A very well, good handling car. Absolutely. And uh, um, really, with Tesla, I mean, there's two ways to combat Tesla. You can make a car that drives a hell of a lot better than a Tesla, or you can make a car that's yeah. more reliable than a Tesla. Well... And I guess, I, I mean, the, the Tesla Model 3 actually drives 3 Series good. I mean, it really well, does. No, but that's the thing is that that's how you're going to, that's how you would, you know, take Tesla off of being the benchmark right. for an electric car. Right. Is it has to be better and or more reliable. Yeah. Or, or at least a more attractive price proposition. Yeah. And well, and that, that's the thing for a long time. That's what made BMW so great is yeah. like, that's why we were talking about the E30 episode. The E30 really, it was a car that not only was a fantastic driving car, mm-hmm. but you could put it away wet and pick up the next morning and it'll still work. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you could do that with Alfa Romeo, but it's not going to work the next morning. Right. Or you could do it with the, you know, a BM, or Mercedes, it will work, but it won't drive as well. Yeah, I'll be curious. I mean, a, a lot of the, I mean, I guess I'll, I'm, this is turning into an EV podcast on my side, which is fine, I guess, but um tesla they make a lot of their own componentry like their inverters their battery management system yeah. that's all them and i'm sure it's really well made but like the rest of the industry just kind of goes to bosch and phones it in yeah. and we know bosch stuff works i mean e30s are made out of bosch parts those things handle abuse really well they've been engineering around idiots for 30 40 50 well, years they, they, they have been but at the same time bosch also they can make some real stinker parts too. oh yeah i mean they're, and, they're and not without fault i'll be curious to see like which one of those systems weather is better you know, I think yeah, no, it's that's that's a very good point to raise. Mm-hmm. Where it's very easy to say, Bosch, I'm rooting for Tesla. I really want them to, I, I want them to just take the entire industry down a peg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be fantastic because there's a lot of garbage I'm not a big fan of. 
um, General Motors are masters of that. Um, but They're the masters at everything bad. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and no, I really want to watch Tesla take people like BMW where they're just beginning to pander down a peg where Tesla actually will make a product that an enthusiast wants to own. I think that that's probably the most important thing here. I do think their heart's in the right place, even though they're getting there in like a completely backward way. Tesla? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, they are. Well, I mean, it's it's also a startup. I mean, yeah. if the um, the Tucker Torpedo or whatever it was. What I thought you were going to say Tucker something Tucker. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Though, <clears throat> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The car with like the, yeah, the it was really yeah. well styled and all that too. I feel like if that took off, that would have the same kind of issues that Tesla's having. I mean, every single car brand has always started out with some weird issue. Yeah, the movers and shakers. I mean, it's, it seems like most industries that are commonplace today have had one or two like really big paradigm shifts. Yeah. And no, it's like computers. It was, it was Apple in yep. 1984. Well, Apple or Microsoft even. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think that that compared to... Um, it was the Alexa. Oh, it was the Alexa. <laughs> oh, oh, right. That one responds to... Uh, computers. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Computadora. There we go. Perfect. I did not even know those things had mic mute buttons. Now you know. I don't think it actually works. I think uh, Jeff Bezos is still listening to us personally. Hi, Jeff Bezos. You're welcome Hello, on. industrious little fellows. You're, you're welcome on whenever you want. <coughs> Looking for sponsorship deals? Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> that doesn't even matter what kind of sponsorship. Sponsor is toilet paper. But, but no, back to my whole thing with, with BMW, I do want to yeah. like go further into looking at, like, well, what benchmarks are they setting themselves away from? And I want to look more into that. I think we're going to do it on a future episode. Sure. But I well, think, I mean, yeah, we haven't done like a full BMW episode, but I mean, I don't think we really can. Well, no, no it, it's 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 too nebulous. It's like mm-hmm. saying, hey, let's have a Japanese car episode. Yeah, it's episode just, it's twelve hours. We long. just need to avoid those because, yeah, we are unhealthy people. Yeah, no, we, we will. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're okay. Coming back to that, so you're you're talking about what BMW used to be really good at, and now is not. Well, I, I'm, I guess I'm wondering since they're stepping away from the mantle, they're getting off of the podium for like being the benchmark of the you know, the sports sedan, the yeah. three series, mm-hmm. who's going to take that over? Is it going to be Kia with a Stinger? Okay. Is it going to be well, Lexus? Stinger's a midsize. Yeah. Is it going to be Lexus with the IS 250? Are they going to revamp that and make that actually like something that's really good? Because it's a good I car. honestly think Genesis is. I, yeah. I think, I, I think, think they, I think really think the Koreans are coming up to the plate. I think um, the only thing that would stop the Koreans right now yeah. would be if... Kim Jong-un? <laughs> no, I think... Uh, actually, Japan. Okay. Because I, what I'm seeing just in the Japanese car world, mm-hmm. the people that are in positions of power, Mazda, with their engineer, engineering director, who is one of the technical editors from Sport Compact Car Magazine, mm-hmm. he's got his finger on the pulse of what an enthusiast wants. I think if Mazda really, they, they have the capability of doing that, mm-hmm. of becoming the next, you know, like benchmark. I think so too, I, and I think it will be somewhere in Asia. Yeah, because oh, I mean, those people. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they, they just they're making a more reliable car. Yeah, and I think uh, Akado Toyota, what he's done for Toyota. I mean, if you look at Toyota now versus where they were ten years ago, yeah, uh, you would not recognize them as a company because they. I mean, ten years ago, Toyota was making every single car they made was automatic and boring, and now they have. Well, they made the IS two fifty manual. That's true. That was but, pretty cool. Yeah, they made a good car. They did make yeah. one for yeah, a couple one of years. For a long time. And that's I think like, it was like an accident. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that one got away from them. <laughs> but even like Honda, Honda's even making a comeback. Like, because they're the, uh, the CEO of Honda 
actually apologized for the last 10 years of Honda sucking, <laughs> uh, which is huge. Well, I mean, the Type R is one of my favorite new cars. That's what I mean, because, well, I mean, if you think about, like, where Honda and Toyota both were in 2008, mm-hmm. they both made, well, I guess 2008, 2012, they both made horrible cars. Yeah, very uninspired. Yeah, awful, awful, awful cars. Yeah. And, yeah, those are two companies where... Like a BMW X7. Exactly. Those are two car. Those are two companies where they have a completely different CEO with a completely different ethos for the company, yeah. and taking them back to roots. Mm-hmm. So Honda's back to making very fun to drive the best front wheel drive cars you can get. Yep. Toyota's going back to making just everything fun to drive, um, and still really reliable, and still endlessly <laughs> reliable. Yeah, and um, I think that with Kia and Hyundai, they're going to be working. I because. They are very close. I mean, you know, the Kia Stinger, um, you know, that one mm-hmm. is... That's a very cool it, car. Th- that is a manual transmission away from being a perfect car. And that's what the Genesis G70 is. So it runs on Stinger uh, running gears, just shorter. Yeah. I think that I think that's that would be those two cars. Mm-hmm. Like, that. if those came with a manual transmission, yeah. that would absolutely unseat everybody right now. In that, yeah, in that market, absolutely. It, yeah. w- it would become the new yardstick because, like, the interiors are pretty nice. They're really good looking on the outside. Yeah. They, it's just no accident because they poached the old uh, Audi exterior yes. designer and their yeah. performance, the powertrain division's got the old M car guy. Mm-hmm. Like, Elbricht, whatever. They've spent they've spent the last few years doing that. I mean, they've poached the right people to make their, their and comeback. I, th- I think the way that they were doing that, because the way they went around it was in a very strange way because when they poached the Audi engineer... Um, when they poached the Audi engineer, the first thing that they did was they made the Kia Soul, which is not a expired. It's not. It, it's, it's not an inspired vehicle, but it's a very good vehicle. Yeah, but it's like the Honda Element. It, it was. It was made. It, 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 had, it had. It had. It had a niche market yeah. that worked perfectly. Old people. Yeah, it was. It was for old people Another that would vehicle want that was marketed toward young folk and driven exclusively by blue hairs. A- actually, no. Was, uh, when they made that, they were competing directly with the Scion XB. Okay. But they made it so intentionally it was easier to get in without having to step into it. You'd step up onto it Okay. for old people. It was actually designed for old people, but marketed towards young people because they knew if they marketed towards... I just remember towards, the hamsters, man. Yeah, if they marketed it towards <laughs> young people, old people will buy it. They, learn, yep. they learned everything from Scion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's literally what happened. It's like reverse psychology it all is. over again. Yeah, yeah. but they, they learned it all entirely from Scion. It's actually awesome. the, the Kia Soul is a very interesting car if you're into marketing. But, um, no, that car, I mean, that was the first one that they made when they had the Audi... Uh, design engineer mm-hmm. and then from there yeah they went with uh, the BMW engineers and yeah. stuff and I think that they're they're very close to making very good cars honestly that... yeah I mean we talked about this a couple episodes ago but I mean if if I were in the market right now for a compact semi-luxury sports sedan mm-hmm. I would be pre-ordering a Genesis G72 to 20T yeah I, I mean, think the biggest issue with those cars right now in those brands is value retention value re- well I think other than value retention um that fit and finish. I mean, I haven't. I guess I haven't been in one recently. But Genesis is trying like early '90s Lexus hard, so the fit and finish is actually pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, but that's the thing is, it still feels like a Hyundai. Because, but you're also paying ten grand less than a three series. That's so true, but I mean, like, it's just stuff like you turn on the you turn on the stereo, mm-hmm. and all the sounds really muddy. Really, like, it, it's not that great. I would stereo. love to drive a G70 because I honestly don't know. I guess I am basing this off of the first generation Genesis too. Yeah, those are those are very was. Hyundai. Yeah, those are very much so Hyundai. So I, I guess I haven't really been in the G70, but Randy Stern, if you're listening, please get a G70 and, bring and then let us borrow it. Yeah, do do that until I have money for us to join. Uh, get, get like actual press credentials. Yeah, 
And then, then we'll give you there much we better reviews then once we'll we can do that. Then we'll skip the G70 ourselves. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess that's probably enough of a digression. The X7 sucks. Yes. It. And <clears> actually, <throat> I took care of my other topic. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, no worries. When I walked in here, I saw a yellow thing. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, there's... Um, there's a 2002 Lamborghini Murcielago downstairs. They so, made that car for a long time. They did. I mean, that ran all the way up until the Aventador, which I think was 2010. Maybe even later. It was later than that, yeah. Okay, I think, the, I mean, the final version of the Murcielago is the LP570 SV, I think. I'm, I'm just going to Google it so we yeah, know. Yeah, and that, that one that one had the giant spoiler. It was, like, almost exclusively sold in orange. Which is six, almost orange. Six hundred seventy yellow. Car. All right, yeah, this one is a, it's a first year. Bright yellow, black interior, 6.2 V12, like 585 horsepower or something. That's a ton of power it's, for and it's that got era. Fab speed. Uh, oh, 2001 to 2010. Okay, so it was 2010. Yeah. Then the event at guess, was 2011. But yeah, no. So I'll, I'll kind of tell you the backstory on it just without boring you too much. But Yeah, I'm just looking at some fun uh, facts about it. Wow, it's nine miles brother, per gallon. 912 is the EPA rate, yeah. And it probably gets worse than that. So my oldest brother and my dad were down in Florida at our property, and I got some late-night texts, and they were all links to Lamborghini Gallardo spiders. I'm like, gross. Why? So, long story short, they were sending me early cars with the 5-liter V10. That engine's trash. Yeah. Really, really bad. It's like 2OT bad. Oh, um, no, I'm, I'm acutely aware. And they were, yeah, yeah, and they were all e-gear cars, which is, a, if you're not familiar with that, it's a single-clutch automated manual transmission, like an F1 or an SMG. But it was bad. So I started sending them uh, reciprocal links to 2011 and newer, or 2010 and newer Gallardos, just because the engine went to the 5.2 out of the R8, which was actually the, the TFS or TSI engine. Nothing was actually pretty reliable. Um, but finding a manual in those is really, really, really tough. So I'm like, okay, still sending them E-gears. And then I sent them a few R8s as well, because you can get those for like, you can get a V10 manual R8 for like 65 grand now. It's incredible. Yeah, it's still an R8, though. That's still, I mean, it's a really good car, but it doesn't drive any better than a BMW 3 Series. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's So what I did is I'm like, wonder what manual Merchilagos are going for. And I found they're going for a ton of money. And then I found this one car listed at a terrible dealership in upstate New York. Had a bad listing, had terrible wheels, had distasteful modifications done to it, but all fully reversible. Was that luckily. this one? That's this one. Okay. And it was listed at $170,000. I'm like, hmm, interesting. So I text this guy. He's like a super East Coaster. I mean, you, you call him up on the phone. He's got that East Coast drawl twang in his voice. I'm like, I'm oh, just, I'm imagining Carl from Aqua Teen <clears throat> Hunger Force. It's not like too far off of that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I told the guy I'm interested in the car, but I want, um, I want photos of the underbody, specifically the front left, because he wouldn't give a car fax to me. So I ran one myself. And it was a, it's a clean title and everything, but it had a collision on record from when it was a year old in 2003. I'm like, I just want to see if it was fixed properly on the inside. And uh, he said, okay. Four weeks later, I set a reminder, luckily, to text him again. Text him back. No reply. I'm like, I send him like a kind of a snooty message. I'm like, am I not good enough for you, man? Like, I told you I'm interested in your car. And he's like, oh, sorry. Sends me pictures the next day on a lift, thank God. No damage. So I'm like, okay, fine. I do the wheeling and dealing back and forth, get them down from 170 to 158. Perfect. We fly out, make sure it's actually okay, test drive it, it's fine, and it shows up on a truck yesterday evening. One second, I just want to pause for a second. 
Yeah, $158,000. That car has retained its value like crazy. That's a $327,000 car in 2002. Yeah. That 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 is an astonishing because I mean a Countach yeah in two thousand two yeah would would have been like twenty thirty forty thousand I, I think I have no idea but good lord should have bought a Countach <laughs> yeah no it they 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 got hit with their, the depreciation <clears throat> stick and then like late nineties early two thousands but anyway I mean you can get you can get a, a paddle Murcielago with some more miles on it for like one hundred and twenty without too much issue. Yeah, and it's a paddle, and it's disgusting, and nobody wants that. Exactly, and I, I think the six-speed ones. I mean, they made in two thousand two. They they made two hundred and twenty-seven of those things worldwide with all different types of transmission. Yeah. So e-gear and manual. So I don't know how many were six speeds, but I'm guessing not that many. Yeah. And I mean, this one had five-speed cat pipes on it. It had some good stuff in it too. Pretty low miles. Got seventeen thousand miles on it. Good service history. So we gambled on it, and it's—I mean—it's really lovely to look at. I mean, it's a really, really striking car. Unless you're really looking for it, that front end damage is not noticeable. No, and, and I, they replaced the bumper and the left headlight, but they didn't replace the fender. And that's the only thing. If you're staying at the car, I think if you're at like, a, like, as opposed to being completely 180 mm-hmm. degrees parallel with the front end, mm-hmm. if you're at like. 175 degrees, mm-hmm. you'll notice that there's a little bit of a difference in the Yeah, it's the like angle. an eighth inch out on the, the absolute front corner of that fender. Yeah. But, but you, it, it's kind of nice to see because, I mean, it's congruent with the Carfax. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, that, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah, and it's been like fine. that for 15 years. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, it, the thing is with that car, that at the end of the day, yeah. that's still a Murcielago. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm famous for saying that the only supercar I care about is the Countach. Yeah. And then I saw that uh, you put a picture up on Instagram where Modi um, was looking. I'm like, that's a really cool looking car. But it's I mean, still pretty striking. Yeah, yeah. That's I do wish it had like more giant spoilers and stuff on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> the the only reason I don't consider that like one of my favorite cars is when for me to consider something one of my favorite cars, there has to be nothing else in the world I want it to be. Sure. And when I see, it, I'm like, I want it to be a Countach, mm-hmm. really badly. But at the same, at the end of the day, if I'm seeing that. Mm-hmm. versus, you know, a Corvette, a Porsche 918, the mm-hmm. Carrera GT, you know, a lot of other supercars that some are worth more money than that, I still go and say, that's probably the coolest one of the bunch. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, and it's just the last of the breed. And I, I do think, I mean, I, I can't deny, I mean, we paid less for that car because it does have a crash on its Carfax. And it'll always be worth 30, 40 grand less than one that hasn't had a crash. But it's a clean title. So we're kind of right in a gray area where it's, you don't buy one of those that's got a salvage title. You just don't buy no. an exotic with a salvage title. No. But like a clean title with, you know, a history that makes sense, yeah. they're still worth a bunch. So I, I don't know what their plan is if they're planning to just drive it for a while and speculate it and, you know, make money. I hope not. I hope they keep it. But it's fun well, to have it in the garage. You know, you can drive it and still make money on it. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, there, there's tons of people that bought Ferrari 308s just to yeah. drive it and then one day woke up and found out that, their 308, 308 had appreciated like Tilray stock and just yeah. like, was through the roof. And again, I mean, these, um, Matt Farah on uh, Smoking Tire. Yeah. He's mentioned independently two times just in passing in his episodes because I listened to that podcast pretty yeah. religiously. Now is the time to buy manual merchies. Yeah. Like, yeah. It I, really is. I it's agree. not going to get any cheaper. All right. They're definitely at the bottom of their depreciation. I, I wish that they would get a little bit cheaper, but, you know, there's a reason I'm. If I were to buy a, oh, a Supercar, I'd be buying a Ferrari because it's, you know. And that's the thing. like going to be a little bit cheaper. <laughs> I was driving the 355 all day yesterday. I'm like, yeah. this is way better than like one third as good as that Murcielago. So I'm totally <laughs> fine with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's it, it's the amount of fun per dollar thing. Yeah, and, and that thing was, it was, 
expensive, but not expensive enough where I'm going to like lose my mind if somebody door dings it or something like that. Yeah. And well, I think the other, the other thing is, is that, um, your Ferrari, I, I would put that closer to like the top end of like a, like a sports car, mm-hmm. a sports car than yeah. being a supercar. Yeah. Cause that Ferrari is just a legitimately good car. Yeah. Um, it's a supercar is a car ex- that excels in one thing only. Okay. So Countach is only good for aesthetics. Yeah, it's really yeah. good to look at. Yeah, it's really good to look at. <laughs> the Enzo's really good to drive. It's yep. not that special to look right, at. Right, right. So it, that's that, that's what I mean. That's what a supercar is. Whereas a hypercar is good at everything. Um, hmm. Yeah. That uh, that hypercar is not great to uh, I look call, out. I wouldn't really call that a hypercar. It's a hypercar. No, it's not a hypercar. It's like the Countach. A... Div- Sorry, not no, the Countach. That, that, I think the Countach kind of started the. You know, maybe it was the Diablo, but I mean they they broke out. I mean when the cars got so big, and well, so powerful, they. I mean people call them a hypercar for a reason. Well, I mean that's the thing. That's would would you compete that against a McLaren F1 or a Bugatti EB110? Sure. I mean, it's similarly fast. Well, does it's actually fast? Does it handle as well? Is it? We just watched the 2002 Top Gear on that thing, and it was like considerably faster than a Zonda and a uh, Koenigsegg or on the test. Sorry, I guess that would so, be. A, I guess that'd be a hypercar then. Yeah, and that that was with a stick. <laughs> if you if you have a Patreon uh, here at Motor Called, let us know if you think that the Murcielago <laughs> is a supercar or a hypercar. Yes, I still consider it a supercar though, because it's we it's, could post a poll on the Facebook. I think page. I, it's one of those things where that that is in that gap where it's the best supercar mm-hmm. or the worst hypercar. <laughs> Whereas like your Ferrari mm-hmm. is kind of like that with between sports, yeah, sports car and supercar. Car and supercar it's yeah. like, it's like, it's on the bottom. It's kind end of a French of a, car. Yeah, I think, I mean, this one, the early Merchie Lago is not as much a hypercar as like the fire six seventy, Yeah. Four SV. The last one. Yeah. Like that thing is just bananas. Exactly. I, I think that that's exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking about. Whereas like, I think for something to be considered a hypercar, I think I would say base the most basic version of it. Sure. So like a CCX yeah. versus a EB110 versus yep. a, a McLaren F1, all of those. The this original, is a car that evolved yeah. into a hypercar. Yeah, it evolved into it. All of those ones were born a hypercar. Right. And whereas like yeah, that that was born you know, and then your car was born a sports a car. sports car and yeah. became you know a supercar. The, I mean yeah, the 348 was definitely a sports car, and this is an evolution of that. Did you know that there was actually an automatic 348? Really? Yeah, I like found a, like a torque converter auto. No, it was an electric clutch. Like a pre-selection box or what? Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, I, I, I found that on uh, BAT. Oh, that's so terrible. <laughs> Is it still active on BAT? No, it did not hit reserve. Shockingly. Oh. Oh no, actually, no. It was. It wasn't even that. No, it was a. It was a Mondial, actually. Interesting. Oh, that would have been so bad. I think it was a, a Mondial to a Vallejo <laughs> clutch or something. Oh, cool. Um, man, that's so bad. <laughs> Are you googling it? Yeah, I, I think it's actually called okay. the, the Mondial Vallejo. Vallejo, huh? And I wonder if that's like an Italian word for something else, because obviously Vallejo no, the, is a clutch company. But... Yeah, I, I think it was. I, yeah, it was. Yep, it was the Mondial Vallejo. It's an auto clutch. Wow. So I wonder if that system was designed by Vallejo and just yeah. implemented on. Yeah, Mondial. It, it was exactly okay. that. But yeah, shockingly, it did not uh, hit reserve. What did it get bid up to? I think it hit like. Forty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's probably like a one of five cars. Yeah, it was like it was really clean. It was probably the nicest one in the world. Well, don't worry, we can like... rip the engine and transmission now. We got a lot of options. Yeah, exactly. It's just new. <laughs> Wonder if it's a QV. Um. So I, I just want to. I think we should stay, take a moment. I want to go to a completely different topic for a okay. moment. Sure. I was on Speed Hunters. Um, I think it's on Thursday or Wednesday or something, and I, uh, just I logged into their homepage and it had a picture of uh Frederick Azabo. 
Oh, jeez. This is hard it, to look at. Yeah, and Frederick Osmo, I'm like, what does he look like? That guy doesn't look like a normal human. And I realized he looks just like Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. Could you bring up a picture for the people on our Twitch stream of what Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town looks like? Can you put a like? link in the Google Drive and then I'll just pull it up? Like, I, I'm, I'm on this little pink computer. Oh, okay, It'll fine. take me three times as long. Robbie. Just, yeah, R-O-B-B-I-E. Rotten. And then type in lazy. You don't even have to type in lazy town. Just look up that, and you'll find it. Yeah, there you go. That's Frederick Asbo. That, that is literally so him. Let me pull up the photo here, and we'll, we'll double blind it here. Okay, yeah, he's got the same mouth shape <laughs> the and same, same ridiculous it's, jaw. It's the same person. That's the same person right there. Robbie Rotten and Frederick Asbo. They, wow. Uh, underneath this that, is useful consumer advice here. This yes, really so good. if you are into <laughs> Rockstar drift, uh, Drifting... <laughs> Just realize that their driver is identical to Robbie Rotten. He is number one. Uh, yeah, he is. Actually, no, he was because he actually won. Number oneist. Yeah, he is the number oneist. That is, <laughs> I'm terrified of that. Uh, okay. I, is, now we were talking about this beforehand, but okay. So I, I'm not familiar with Lazy Town except for that one like Lil John remix. But is it is it like a parody group? J- Jana. No, it's <laughs> it's literally a kids show from like. When Corey and I were like children, it's like five years ago. <clears throat> it, no, like probably. The, it like, became a thing like right after we like became teenagers, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah it okay. was and so like I mean, 2004. Yeah, yeah probably. probably around that oh, okay. time. Maybe a little bit earlier. Okay. Because <clears throat> that's when I would have been starting high school. It was on like PBS or something. Uh, no, it was on like Nickelodeon. It wasn't on the YouTube's. Oh. It was on Nickelodeon, and it. Oh, uh, uh, Nickelodeon rip. It, uh, resurged yeah, as now. a meme recently because a lot of the songs are just simple bangers. Like you just well, listen to them, and they're not, great. Not only that, it was what actually is a simple banger. I don't, uh, something you can just get down to, I guess. I don't it's know. A, another thing is I'm actually trying to use slang, but I'm not good at <laughs> it. Not only that, you also your allergies are yeah, killing you. Yeah, my allergies are. Well, they're not as bad as they were like three, four episodes I mean, ago. Yeah, when, when you, you, you you literally turned yeah. into Trig, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very confusing. <laughs> it, it was, it was awful. strange. My allergies just act up like that sometimes. But, um, yeah. So uh, another thing is actually uh, the the guy played Robbie Rotten had cancer, and it's actually the internet getting together on Reddit and trying to support him and you know keep his spirits up and make him like famous again. Well, so. let's get him a rock star contract, I un- guess. Un- uh, unfortunately, he passed away uh, about a month ago. Let's get him a rock star contract, I guess. <laughs> yep, exactly. Let's yeah. deck that coffin out in super rock star regalia. <laughs> send it out the right way. <laughs> Yikes. Sent. Send. I just, I really hope in his coffin he's in like full Robbie Rotten regalia and <laughs> just like. <laughs> like the like fake nose. The fake that. nose and everything. Like they're gonna, and like, the ridiculously pronounced gonna, uh, jaw. He's going to be like, exhumed in 300 years looking Maybe like it. that. <laughs> what was the girl's name on. Um, Lazy Town. I should be her for Halloween. I think yeah, you Corey's should. using the power of the Googles. Also, how is your laptop now that you have it back from repair, Corey? Uh, hang on. Let me see if Candy Crush has reinstalled <laughs> itself again. How many times for is that now? For the 15th time. Uh, six times. Six times. I wasn't candy too far off. They really itself. want you to Candy Crush. Crush that candy. Yeah, until I finally locked out the hard drive from Microsoft. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm protecting you from yourself. I told Corey what he should do is he should put... Oh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Just like you. Yeah. Yeah. If you put on a pink wig again, that would just be you. (laughs) Um, No, if um, 
Yeah, I, I was telling Corey he should just get a hard drive that's exactly the size of Windows 10, so they just can't update <laughs> and put garbage on it. They'd still find a way. Well, when you sent it yeah, in, they delete. They would delete Windows Explorer and give you Candy Crush. He'd already gone through all the process of removing all that stuff, but they wiped both the drives uh, and they put a fresh install on it. And as we all know, it's tough to get Windows 10 to cooperate properly. Yeah, it's it, it took him like uh, does, like. I wonder if the computer I bought for OBS here does this have Candy Crush on it? It'll it does. Oh, it has Candy Crush on it. <laughs> throw it. Throw it. <laughs> no, it, it works fine for the streaming. Yeah. Anyway, back to topics. Um, God, I'm talking about EVs again. Whatever. It's all right. All so you ever talk about. I like them. It's good. I mean, if there were stories about BMW bringing back the manual, great. I'd pay it's, attention to that. Things like this are why I talk about pre-war cars, because we balance it out and we get fine. roughly something made fine. in the 90s. Fine. So anyway, everyone knows I drive a Fiat 500E. That's my daily driver. I put the winter tires on it today. There's a uh, company called Scuderia, which just means team in Italy. Scuderia but E. <clears throat> Scuderia E, fine, whatever. They're in Germany, and they imported one of these 500Es. And you can tell they it's in Germany because they actually have uh, Euro headlights on it, which are non-projector. They're reflector housing, which is kind of strange. That's so it's weird and for, like not yeah, as good. I know. So they're, they're required to do a few changes, just like you are when you bring cars in here. But... What they did is they took out the entire battery pack out of the bottom of this thing. They measured everything. They put it into CAD, and they made their own 18650-based battery pack, which, as far as I know, doesn't have thermal management, which is a little bit weird. So what that basically amounts to is they took out the original batteries that kind of just look like car batteries, and they put in much, much more dense batteries out of, let's say, a Tesla Model S. And they are able to squeeze a ton more in for that same amount of space. So they brought the factory 24 kilowatt hour, which is the power rating on the original Fiat 500 e up to 56 kilowatt hours. And I actually was talking with these guys on the internet last week because the main reason I hadn't taken the battery out of my car and put bigger batteries in it is because I figured the car would just ignore the extra capacity. And did, just and it, only did it actually use. work? Yeah, they did. Because apparently I was talking to these guys, it doesn't, it doesn't pay attention to how many kilowatt hours it's used. It just pays attention to battery voltage, and it just draws thresholds on battery voltage. Really? So if you have a much bigger battery, that you know, 400.8 volts to like 390.2 volts or whatever the range is, I'm yeah. just making that up, obviously there's going to be a lot more capacity behind that Each entire other, range. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, they're able to get like almost 170 miles out of this 500e so it didn't make any more power by just extending right. the hell out of the range and it's, it's probably heavier have you have you been pestering that man at bosch about no um, I, he hasn't responded yet i think he's still in china but i mean this kind of answers a lot of the questions i had for that guy i mean obviously i want the power unlocked so i mean i'd like to get more information from the power exactly engineer, yeah so what these guys did they did this with sponsorship just so they could drive this thing from germany to like whales or something i don't know and they uh they added ccs dc fast charging but the port is under the hood so there's <laughs> pictures of the road trip and this thing's plugged in at like these official dc fast charge stations and the hood's up and this cable's just like jammed into the inverter <laughs> which is all just like wires everywhere i don't have looks, very good photos up like here fire but hazard. yeah but it's it's pretty cool i mean they more than doubled the capacity, and the fast charge lets them charge that thing 80% in 20 minutes with that CCS connector, which is super That's cool. That's really cool. Really nice. So, that yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. I, I want to do something like this to my car when I get a, a new EV for my daily, when this becomes a project. How much, <laughs> how much horsepower does your... It's 111 horsepower and 158 foot-pounds. 
I want to put all that into MR2. It would be pretty rad. Yeah, that'd be a perfect MR. That'd be a perfect MR. Well, no, because it's about the same amount of horsepower as an MR2, just a hell of a lot more torque. Yeah, I, I mean, think that'd be really cool. Compare though. that to a gas 500E. I mean, it's like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, I mean, you're you're only 20 behind uh, uh, an Abarth. I mean, yeah, and it's it's quite a bit faster because it's got more torque. Yeah, that, that's very cool. I like more that a twist. lot. Yeah, no props to those guys. I'll be talking to them more in the future to try to figure this out. I think if I do a battery upgrade, it's just going to be i3 batteries, though. Just that's a lot easier, even though it's more expensive. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyhow, that makes sense. yeah, um, it's whatever. So I, I, I'm sorry, I moved my stinger thing up a little bit. Uh, a bit. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do not have anything to talk about with the Kia stinger. Well, other than the fact that they should put a manual in it. Yes, they should. However, I do want to mention uh, my my van, my daily driver, my Mazda Five. Yes. Um, you finally it, getting the trans replaced under warranty? Yes, I am. Good. And it actually went through all very well. Uh, very nice. They're not going to do a clutch, but that sucks. Can you Whatever. pay them extra for one or no? Well, yeah, I can just have my tag do it. But this, all right, so this is a thing. Okay. I had a shop do a, a clutch for me because yeah. it was a weird time in my life where I did not have a heated garage. I was working full time. I yep. was a car sales person mm-hmm. who could not use the garage to do my own clutch. And I needed to get to work in three days. Yep. So I needed to take it to a shop. Anyway, I think this shop might botch doing my clutch. So because uh, hmm. it's just it's doing some weird things just mechanically when you like look when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, like just stuff like the throw out bearings like chattering and stuff. They and probably put a really cheap clutch in it. I've had bad thinking. things with yeah. the pressure plates. Yeah, it's it, they all seem to be pressure plate related issues. So great. Anyway, well, yeah, I would definitely. Try to pay to put a clutch in it. Well, I just have them warranty it out if it's if it turns okay. out to be an issue okay. because I'm that sort of person. But um, <laughs> or I don't know. I'm if I would just slip them 150 bucks and have them put a clutch in it. I, I'm yeah. As, as I was saying, like, hey, you guys did that. Here's an ex- here's an Exedi clutch. I will never come back if you put this in. So I will sign something. To I will sign something. This will never be your problem again <laughs> if you just do this correctly once. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So it, I ended up just going with the normal. Mazda 5 transmission. I was mentioning I was thinking about going with the uh, six-speed on mm-hmm. it. Um, and I will go into the ins and outs at six-speed. I learned a lot of stuff about that. I'll go into that in, uh, during in interesting engineering at the end of the episode. Okay. But needless to say, turns out, once again, the Mazda 5, uh, it seems to be like the ultimate version mechanically of a Mazda 3. <laughs> where, so not only, all right, so not only are the brakes bigger than the Speed 3, mm-hmm. um, the transmission is slightly different geared. It's slightly differently geared in mm. fifth gear. It's a slightly longer fifth gear. So longer? The, yeah. For, Interesting. But yeah, because, well, I mean, when you're sitting at 80, you're going 80 miles an hour, you're, like, deep into the 3,000 RPM range. Or you're, like, 35, yeah. 3,600 sure. RPM. Still four-cylinder. Yeah. But, I mean, well, I mean, that's a really short fifth gear on a three. I if guess. If you're at... And, and this transmission, you're sitting around 34. The only version of this van that would be be better for a transmission is if I got fifth gear out of a Mazda 5 diesel from Europe, which apparently existed. Uber tall? It's, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, instead of being, I think it's like 340, 3.45 for the final drive in fifth gear. Um, or sorry, for the fifth gear ratio, uh, it's like 3.2 hmm. on the, on the diesel, which does. Well, generally that kind of gear ratio would be like, 
0.86 or like 0.79 or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I know you're right. Yeah, so it, it, I think you're talking I, Yeah, I, 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 was, I was talking Final Drive. I'll have to look up the actual spec. This is also something I learned on Thursday. So I'm going <laughs> to right. go off like two day old memory. But so. I'm guessing you're not going to buy a 50. No, no, not worth not It is not worth my effort because I do not want to have to tear apart this perfectly fine transmission. <laughs> But yeah, it's got half miles on. I'm really excited about it. Very um, cool. It'll be nice to have second gear that works again. Yeah, it'll be really nice to have that and to have a first gear that it will consistently shift into and hmm. a reverse that consistently works. That, that would be really nice. Really cool stuff. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how well it's worked for how broken it's been for yeah, so long. No, it's it's like a lot of it's always half broken but never fully. <laughs> um, but no, I'm so I know what I'm really excited about is I got five thousand miles left on this aftermarket warranty that I got, and mm-hmm. I will say if you're thinking about buying a car where you're financing it, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent in favor of getting an aftermarket warranty. As long as you do research on the aftermarket warranties, yes. Yeah, and it's, there are some companies that are really bad. Well, there's some that are awful, uh, but no, my, mine turned out really well. Nice. And I'm very happy about it. I mean, they didn't do like the clutch or anything, but also I got the cheapest warranty ever. They just, you know, I was expecting them to like be like, you know, I changed a headlight bulb myself and they're all, they're all <laughs> avoided. But no, they weren't like Your car's on all. a blacklist. What? Yeah. Headlight bulbs changed. Yeah, exactly. No, I <laughs> can't do that, mate. <clears throat> they sent out a inspector who's like an old technician. He went out, drove it. He goes, yeah, I gr- it did. You know, like normally it grinds every single time you go into second. Um, however, of course, that one morning, it grinded three times out of 20 shifts. After we had worn it down really well <laughs> yeah, after the I'd day done, before. After I would just, because I always avoid second. I always yep. go first to third. Yep. But uh, this is, uh, yeah, I always like just was going to second like every single time just to like beat the You're like crap a Corvette out of it. transmission. Yeah, just like to beat the shit out of it as much as I can. And yeah, it, it of course only did it like three times, but I'm like, great. I'm screwed now. I'm going to have to do this transmission myself. This sucks. The guy comes back and goes, yeah, we're going to put a new transmission up for it. Awesome. <laughs> so no, I'm really excited because the warrant the warranty's almost done, so I can get to having fun with it. I'm replace the struts. Um, I'm gonna do a Mazda Speed three rear sway bar, which is noticeably beefier. No way. Yeah, but well, I mean, like, because everything else in the Mazda five is bigger than the right, Mazda three. Right, because it's a bigger, heavier it's, vehicle. It's, yeah, yeah, but the 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 rear sway bar is like a half an inch bigger. On the uh, Speed 3. Hmm. It, is, it is... I suppose those were front-wheel drive still. Yeah, it was, it was really, really big by comparison, so I'm excited about that. It's actually not a half inch, but still it's like 10 millimeters bigger. Whatever. That's, yeah. that's pretty significant. That, that is about a half an inch, actually, yeah. I so say, it's, like, the standard E30 rear sway bar is just over 10 millimeters. Yeah, so it, it, it is a mm. massive, massive sway bar. So I'm Perfect. excited to put that in. Perfect, tail happy. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to put on uh, coilovers, intake header exhaust. Do all the basics on it, uh, and I think about probably get ma- some touring taillights. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely touring taillights. Tour, uh, oh, Blackhouse. Yeah. Uh, oh eight headlights. Oh seven oh eight headlights. Or yeah, sorry, oh eight oh nine headlights. Um, or Blackhouse on the touring. So yeah, heck yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do some cool stuff with them. I'm really excited. Mid- so, well, I'm glad that's finally getting done. Yes, it's been finally. A long time coming. Uh, yeah, it has been. I've had a very boring minivan for a while. So I'm a, well a, on paper a very boring minivan. That's, that's actually quite cool. fun to drive. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so anyway, I'll well, let you go back to said, telling us about... No worries. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm, like I said, I'm glad it's been a long time coming. So um, well, moving right on to another thing that's been a long time coming. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Tesla actually released the reduced battery range Model 3 like pretty quietly a couple days ago. The one we've been waiting for, supposedly. However, it isn't. Why? The last couple of weeks, it's been like the two options were extended. It's okay. They only offer the big battery. But yeah. you can get it rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive. Okay. The uh, 
beginning of last week was the last time you could place an order for one, and they would guarantee that you get the full $7,500 tax credit taking delivery in 2018. At the end of that web page, it says standard battery coming four to six months. Okay, fine. That's the one I want. Wow. <laughs> but earlier this week, they took away their rear-wheel drive extended battery version, and they replaced it with a medium-range battery on the rear-wheel drive only. So the all-wheel drive option is yeah. still the big battery, and the performance version is still the big battery, too. But they still haven't given us the the base battery. So they're giving us like a half measure, but they also took $4,000 off the price to cut the battery a little bit. I wonder, are they losing money on the base? They will once they release it. Absolutely. They're currently making money on every Model 3 they, they sell. That's why they're... Exactly. Yeah. Well, because Tesla is, you know, they're still not profitable. So they're, No, they're but they're they're showing profits on the Model 3s now, which is interesting. Which is so eventually maybe they'll actually turn a profit. I mean, wow, a novel idea for a car company. I really want them to do it because I, want, I don't want them to go away. I really don't want them to go away because, right. like I said, it's a bull. I think if they survive the whole SEC thing with Musk, they'll be okay for a while. Well, I mean, Musk is already, that's handled. That's yeah, done. I know. I, I know. mean, and, he's, and they did survive that is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think, I really think that they're going to be okay because they got through their press and Tucker ordeal <laughs> that they had and they made it. So Full circle. Well, Tucker was sued or pursued by the SEC, SEC yep. twice. Hmm. Yes, it's yeah, true. The first and, and trial he went through. But a tremendous amount one. of parallel. Yeah. But yeah, they're trying to do the same thing. So, And I get that. I mean, I, I, that's, that was the, that's the model I would currently buy if I was buying something. But like, they only took four grand off the price. And the other models, they took about $1,500 off. So they reduced their prices, which they're, is nice. They're, they're trying to incentivize you to just go ahead and get the full one. They are. The full one. And a it lot of people sense. are doing that. A lot yeah, of people are sense. jumping ship. Oh, yeah, I've seen them everywhere. I've seen right them. after I saw this article, I went on CarGurus and I looked at Model S's again to see what the cheapest ones are down to. And now, like, consistently, there's a small handful under thirty grand, And they almost all are private parties. And they almost all list only selling to get a Model 3. I'm, like, waiting for these to come down even more. Yep. And I'm starting to see Model S's with almost 200,000 miles on them. Wow. Yeah. Like, there's some with, like, 180,000, 190,000 miles on them. That's insane. That's a I, lot like of driving. I would want one with fewer, but, like, if I could get it super cheap, yeah, exactly. I would totally buy one with 185K on it. Also, another thing, um, I will say, I thought about this on the way, on the way here. Mm -hmm. I've seen more Model 3s only yeah. than I have seen of all Lincolns. Oh, yeah. And, and probably, what's another brand that doesn't sell very well? Like. Yeah. yeah, Cadillac Lincoln. Um, like even Infinity. Like I don't see that many. Infi I see way more Model Threes than I see anything Infinity. It, do they still make those? I mean, I, I don't know. I think <laughs> the, the seen... names are so confusing. I can't even tell. Ever since I went to Q, I've not seen any Infinities. Yeah. Like Q everything like that. I see like an old JX. I'm like, oh, it's a QX60. No, it's a JX35. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. Once they once they did their naming change, people were just like I don't I don't even know. I, I don't know what I'm getting. You go into the dealership it. like, oh, what do you want to test drive? I'm like, I I don't know what it's called. I want, I want the the medium size one. Do you ever want the manual? Oh, you don't. Um, I'll go. I'm gonna go Lexus. I'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Do you have that uh, Q50 Red Sport with a manual? No, it's it's our much superior automatic. Ah, sorry, I'm leaving. Nope, don't care. But anyway, um, on the heels of that, I mean that, like I said, they're they're guaranteed delivery date where you had to order by is is gone. So now every Tesla you're ordering today. It's very likely you're only going to get thirty-seven fifty instead of fifty or seventy-five hundred for your tax credit. That's that's a, still a lot more of a tax credit than you're getting from buying an F one fifty. That's true, and I'm glad that it's still there for now. Um, and that'll be good until about six months from now when it cuts in half again. Then six months after that, it's gone. 
But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do want a Model 3, but like I want the standard one and I really wanted a tax credit. So I think I'll probably end up with a used S instead of that, unless the first Model 3 is going to come down in price quite a bit. Um, because nobody's ordering the car how I would order the car, which is no options. No options. Maximum pain for Tesla as far as profit's concerned. No autopilot hardware, no extra fancy color, nothing. I might do the extra fancy color. Well, I mean, I don't like black that much on cars, and that's the only color that's free, but I would take a black one. Yeah, I mean, do they have anything like actually exciting, like yellow or nope. teal? Nope. They have, a, they have a blue, they have a red, and then they got a bunch of I neutrals. guess I go I go with the black, and then when I finance, I'd finance it. out an extra $3,000 and yeah. then go vinyl wrap it or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are they're doing that, so I kind of get it, but I don't know. And then also, on the heels of that, they dropped the full self-driving option from the Model 3 on the configurator. That's probably a good thing. And the reasoning behind that in a tweet from Musk is like, there was too much confusion as to what it meant. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even want to know what happened. Also, but it sounds good. Elon, Musk, Elon Musk's Twitter has gotten a lot better to read now that he has this government minder with him. <laughs> so How so? Oh, because well, now, now he isn't like calling people out or anything. Or but being I kind of like that. I mean, I get that, but I mean, like, no, he, I, I like uh, his Instagram. Still fantastic. His Instagram has all these little nuggets of wisdom. They're just fan- they're that. hilarious. Musk says it's causing too much confusion. It's <laughs> 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 an autoblog story. It's pretty funny. I'll leave it up there for a second in case you guys want to pause it on the stream as you're watching back. But yeah, it's that's kind of funny. Yeah, but that, that is quite hilarious. Anyway, uh, moving off of a uh, motor called EV Cast. Yeah, I know, right? Oh my god, Let's I go, think we're uh, going to interesting in- interesting engineering. engineering. All right, so as I mentioned, I elected not to go with the six speed with yeah. my car. I mean, mm-hmm. it, they were pretty close in price between transmissions. I could have totally like gotten a six speed for the price of a five speed, according to the warranty company, what they say it should be worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all right, so this is the thing. The six speed has six gears in it, and it's got two final drives, which is ridiculous. So it has two differentials? Yes. It's got one differential, and it's got another one that comes off on the other side with a different final drive on it. So first through fourth gear have a final drive of 3.941. Okay, that's pretty short. Yeah. Oh, also. Six, uh, the actual gear ratio, final drive, the gear ratio, drive ratios. First gear, 3.538. Second, oh, that's a really short gear. Yeah, it's very <laughs> short. It doesn't do anything. Um, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> Second gear is 2.238. Third yeah. gear is 1.535. Fourth gear is 1.171. Fifth gear is 1. or 1.085. Sixth gear is 0.853. Wow, okay, so no direct drive gear. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is kind of weird. I feel yeah. like I see that a lot of transmissions. It's either fourth or fifth. Yeah. But um, so first through fourth gear has a final drive ratio of 3.941. F- fifth and sixth is 3.350. So how do they do that, and why do they do that? So, oh, all right, so I'm going to do the why first okay. and then the how. Sure. The why <clears throat> is for fuel emissions and for drivability. Right, you could do that with just a bigger gear set. Or, and drivability. I have no idea why that they, they chose to do that. That just seems like it could be more complex, heavy, easier to break. I know. That's ridiculous. I, and, is the transmission case like physically too small to fit taller gears I in it? No, it no, be. because they, I mean, it's a, different, it's a completely different case that they have that. But, right. All right, so this is the thing. Um, the transmission weighs like another like 250 pounds. Yeah, yeah, it, wow. it's noticeably Whoa. heavier. Yeah, it's huge. That transmission shouldn't even weigh a hundred pounds on its own. Yeah, it weighs 
you cannot pick it up with one person. That's the thing. And it's like my Mazda 5 already weighs as much. It, it weighs as much as a fully a spe- short bus. No, it weighs as much as a fully spec'd out Mazda Speed 3 with like Tucker yeah, in it. A short bus. Yeah. So, and it's, well, I mean, it's still, no, it weighs about as much as your average Camry at the end of the day. Right. No, I was but, trying to make uh, a joke, yeah. but it wasn't working. <laughs> um, no, because it's a very light vehicle. But, all right. So, this is the thing. Um, that tra- that gearbox is also used on the Mazda Speed Three, Mazda Speed Six, and the Mazda Six and Three diesels oh. of the later generation. Okay, um, and that's where that five-speed Mazda Three diesel um, fifth gear comes in. It comes right. from this in- this transmission. Okay. It makes it makes it much more drivable. Uh, so the way that they actually did this is, yeah, they've basically it's kind of like on the Omni Twin Stick. Or not the Omni, the, the uh, Mirage the Colt Twin, the yeah. Colt Mirage Twin Sticks, where you would have that second, um, that that second uh, jack shaft that goes out to the actual output, and that has a different, um, yeah, basically just a different gear set on it. It's got just a final drive that's completely different, and then that goes down to the um, the output shaft, mm-hmm. and yeah. So, but it's the thing is, it just weighs so much more, and that's a why I didn't go with it. And it's one of those things where it's like. Well, it just sounds like it would have been really nice to have, but the added cost and complexity wouldn't have been yeah. worth it. Yeah, and th- they were also, they didn't want to have thinner, like physically thinner gears. And okay. that's, that's how they went with the way they, they went with. And if I if I remember correctly, I think the fifth and sixth gears are actually on that second shaft as well. So I'm, I'm guessing... So they could handle the more it's, power. It's probably got an extra fork then, and it's just got like yeah. basically yes, a two-speed transmission on the diff. Yep, it's got an extra fork on it, yeah. That's so weird. It's super weird that's, looking. It's kind of cool, but yeah, if, that means it's probably got four shift forks on it. And well, and that's the thing. is like if it wasn't for the fact, like I, I love weird things like this, but I just, yeah, I wish it wasn't so heavy. I would totally put that in my van. Right. But yeah, with just like with everything I've got going on with my van, the slightly taller fifth gear, everything else is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, my transmission really is, if you're looking for a five-speed MZW transmission, the Mazda 5 transmission is the way to go. Because if you... And look, you have a Mazda 5. Yeah, look at that. And it's one of those things. If you end up, if I end up going turbo or something, you know, for whatever reason, if I wanted to, that slightly longer gearing will be a good thing. Because I'm going to be in the power band for a longer period of time. And I'm guessing you could rob the taller final drive from another trans. That would probably be better, too. But yeah. It's so, probably easier than swapping a gear. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. And it's those things where, you know, these, the transmission, it, if I was making like 400 horsepower, I might go with the six speed, but I'm not. And I'm I never will be. The six speed stronger, but I guess now that you mentioned that it's, it's in the MPS3 and MPS6, that makes yeah, sense. And it's, and then since I think, yeah, if I remember correctly, they have the fifth and sixth gear on that second shaft. So mm-hmm. you, those four gears take up the same amount of space as five gears. Hmm. So they have physically more space. It's like with the Honda D series; those are the widest physical, physically widest gears yeah. that Honda ever made. Yep. To make them reliable, and yep. it's the same concept here. <clears throat> That's why the D series so. transmissions are so strong. Exactly. So, <laughs> on that bombshell, I think uh, if you have a Mazda three, a Mazda six, or a Mazda five, and you are doing a performance build where you are making under four to five hundred horsepower. Go with a Mazda 5 transmission. It's the best way you can get. That's useful, useful consumer advice. useful (laughs) consumer advice. It is. All right, there we go. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you on Wednesday. Catch you guys on Wednesday.